Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine Haley, your host of the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. And our guest for today is Tiffany Williams. She's the CEO of Organized Energy. She's a divorced single mom, small business owner of several companies since 2003. She's a transplant from Kentucky. <laughs> to North Carolina and she specializes in personal and business development as a consultant, trainer and an accountability partner. Most importantly though, she's a child of God and she heavily relies on him for every breath that she takes and every move that she makes. One of the key things that I'm very excited about to learn more about her is that she works to educate large companies through technical training and support um, and she helps them develop these necessary skills. Not only is she focusing um, on training that helps to improve um, possibly diversity inclusion, soft skill training as well, but she also does work-life balance support. And I think the topic that we're going to talk about is so very important today. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. What I'm super excited also to to let the listeners know is that you are actually in the state that I just recently moved to, of course, which is North Carolina. And we were connected by the wonderful world of social media. Yes. And I am telling every single person that if you're pursuing goals or you're interested in building a business, there are a slew of people that are willing to help who want to see you successful. And Tiffany, in just that short period of time of us being introduced to our social media posts, has already connected me to other people who are on the same journey as me in um, North Carolina and in um, podcasting. Yes. So... I just want to say I'm thankful for you and your awesomeness and willing to support and share with us today and in many other ways. Definitely. <laughs> we have to. I mean, it's all about community. And so, I mean, no sense in being on social media if we're going to be antisocial. Yeah, I had to remember that because I'm an introvert. I am such an introvert, believe it or not. But I'm going out pushing myself with the podcasting, with speaking and stuff. I do. I have a higher purpose when it comes to helping and supporting others. My introvert, introvert nature will always want to be color up, you know, with a book or something. Chilling. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> so I have a tr- I have I'm having a small challenge in getting that. Meaning, I feel like I'm. I, I think as much as I would like to think that I'm an extro- extrovert, I am slowly becoming an introvert with time and age. And but because I've mostly been an extrovert, dealing with introverts, um, almost off topic here, but being new in North Carolina, just even dating, um, work life balance, not all work, trying to have a life, <laughs> not understanding some people who are introverts 
And so that leads to a lot of misunderstandings um, because when people are introverted and they kind of don't need to really communicate a lot with someone like me, it's like, let's talk about it. It can kind of cause a little, you know, a, a bit of a challenge. So I, um, I, I definitely admire you guys that you can just kind of be an introvert. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there slowly but surely. And it, it seems to me that it's almost the best way to be. <laughs> <laughs> the way the world is going. <laughs> you know, I find that if, at being a business owner, and this is not off topic, Tiffany, okay? This is, I am totally okay with this, us diving into this a little bit. Um, I am a person that absorbs people's energy, mm-hmm. whether it be virtually or in person, okay? Uh-huh. And I will normally take in that energy and dwell on it for several days, if it happens to be a negative one. Okay. So I think over time though, I've also seen that kind of guarding myself from that has prevented me from meeting amazing people like yourself. Right. And I almost have to push myself to say, Hey, there are going to be amazing people you're going to meet that you can connect with that you could um, learn from. I feel like my life has been richer because of my willingness to open up. But that doesn't say that I don't feel my energy is completely depleted after a conference and meeting people and being surrounded by so many people. I'm like, I got to be alone. I need silent. But with everything, moderation, balance, not that balance is is really necessarily. I I know that there's always this argument about is there really you know, a such thing is, is balance really a thing? You know, is it really achievable? Is it attainable? To some degree, we can at least strive for it. And so I totally get it. Just as much as you want to be out, you definitely need that time within. So I I definitely, I'm with you on that, trying to strike that perfect balance. Absolutely. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about yourself and what has led you into choosing entrepreneurship and leading you to the route and with the work that you're doing today? Well, um, honestly, it became um, an option really that fell in my lap. Um, as I was working for Corporate America, my ex-husband and I both, um, we began to plan our family. Um, and so in doing that, the first child, it was fine. We both were working. We both could afford child care. It was no big deal. Second child came along and it became a thing. Um we're kind of like, mm, a child care can be expensive. Diapers and all that, you know, could have potentially been expensive being that they were stair-stepped. So they were so close in age. Um, but then more importantly than any of that, it was the the child care provider was saying, oh, you missed it. You should have saw it. He did this today or she tried to say that today. And those things were like breaking my heart. I was like, no, because I always wanted to be a mom. And so I felt like, I was missing something like these first. And so my husband and I, or then husband and I decided, you know, if this is something that you really want to do, you know, let's try it. So I stayed home and um, I've always been an independent type of person. And so I thought, I don't really want anybody to feel like they are completely providing for me. And maybe I should have rested in that, but I just couldn't at the time. I was young. So I said, I want to bring something to the table. So I'm going to work part time or whatever. And so I began to keep a few children just to keep my children's company. But then also for me to kind of be able to, you know, bring something to the table, even if it was something small. And in doing that, I really found this joy in providing care for young kids. And so from that, 
um, and word began to travel and, and, you know, people were referring their friends and family. And soon enough, I had a packed house to the point to where I needed to seek, you know, legally being certified and licensed and all this good stuff to continue my services. And in doing that, I said, hmm, I wonder what it would be like if, you know, or how difficult would it be to actually come out of this house and do this working in the home? I say do this professionally. Um, I was a professional, but didn't feel like I was professional because I felt like I was a babysitter at home, even if I had my licenses and all that. But to come out of the house and have an actual building and have a learning center with staff and all this good stuff. I felt like that was official, official. So I thought, I wonder what how difficult it would be to do that. I would love to you know, go into early childhood education and and helping the parents too with some, you know, some um, parenting skills and some just kind of doing different things. want to provide things for holistically for the family. Anyway, kind of put my mind to that, began to research it. And next thing you know, after praying and fasting about it, I was out there. And so that was the onset to my journey on entrepreneurship. And from there, you know, there just ended up being multiple things that I got into beyond um, having a couple of learning centers and before and after school programs and things like that. Um, I ended up investing in real estate. That was a bomb. I'm not even going to front. <laughs> that did not work. It was bad. And that was because I got into it. Um, I got into it right before the recession hit. So by the time I got the house and I'm looking on HGTV and it was like, Flip this house. Ooh, that looks easy. I could flip that house and went and bought something cheap at the auction and fixed it up, made it beautiful and put it for sale. It was on sale for like a, like two years. It wouldn't move. The recession hit and it was just a bad, bad, bad. Um, but real estate, marketing services for small businesses and, um, you know, still doing the early childhood development thing wanting to help the parents as well. I saw their struggle. I became a certified life coach so that on the backside of helping the children, I was also able to begin to help the parents. I really more so did that officially, really more so after the life, the uh, the child care services kind of began to dwindle down. I really kind of took more of an interest for parents that were going through things that I was going through, such as at that point, financial hardship, divorce, just trying to balance being a parent and having life, you know, outside of that. And so um, I think my own challenges spoke to me enough to where I thought, you know what, as I'm coming out of this, I'd love to be there for someone else as well. And that's kind of how the development services, personal and professional development services kind of took root and and has everything to do with what I do today. It was all from the business experience I have from doing the real estate and having the, the marketing services and the and the early childhood programs. So that was my business expertise. And then from the work-life balance part, it was becoming a certified life coach, always been involved in ministry at my local church and wanted to help somebody. And so coupling that saying, okay, I can help you professionally because I've done that. And now I can help you personally. And it became a holistic approach to helping someone. And that's why I do what I do right now. And that holistic approach is necessary for true happiness and success. We can't get like all of the revenue in the world or all of the clientele that you could imagine. And if your personal life is not centered, mind, body, soul, everything, it's just your whole, everything's going to be whacked out. That won't even last if you do have some success in revenue. That's not going to last for much long. Absolutely. We see Michael Jackson is a great example of that. You know, he had how much more money could he have, you know, but we see that unfortunately 
it appears that he wasn't happy, you know, um, or could have been happier in his life. And so always holistically is is the goal for me. And definitely I preach it to anyone that I'm able to help. It's It just really matters. We Coming up, we think money is the equivalent of success. And then as we grow older, we see that the money has nothing to do with success at all. It's all the things that the money could never buy. And I was talking to my mother about that earlier today. Actually, um, ironically enough, we were having a conversation about purpose and about um, just doing what you feel you were called to do, regardless of what the income for that looks like. And um, I was telling her a story of how I knew um, of a woman who had gone to college, you know, all these years, you know, student loan debt to go along with that. And, um, you know, had a great job in corporate America, something that she really thought she wanted. And one day I saw her husband in Walmart and I was like, hey, so-and-so, how is your wife? How's she been doing? And he says, oh, you know, she is um, doing makeup now. And I said, makeup? Nothing against anyone that would pursue doing makeup. Nothing at all. It's just that I knew what it is that she had been reaching for all her life and, and all the education that she had attained um, to do what she used to do. And so I said, makeup? He said, yes. Yeah. She came home one day and said she didn't want to do this anymore. It wasn't making her happy. She wanted to do makeup. And so she quit this high paying corporate level job to go and play in makeup on people's faces. But that's what made her happy. And so today she's still doing hair and doing makeup and amazing at it, might I add. And nothing against anyone who's in in the cosmetology industry. It's just amazing to see that people can give up what is impressive to the world, you know, outwardly and do what makes them happy. No one, no matter what that is. And that was because we were talking about a friend we know that is on power, the show power. And she worked for corporate America, too. And um, had gone to college and done all these things and was doing had a great job at um, a large insurance giant um, um, company. And uh, and next thing you know, she quit that and went through a lot just to pursue her dream of being an actress. And now today she's on power and she came. She's, you know, from our town and we know her. And so that's what spurred that, you know, started the conversation. It was like, we were so inspired that she would do such a thing and look where she's at. You know, there was a struggle in between, but it all paid off. And so she has a testimony. So that's what, but anyway, just pursuing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's no, like, just you sharing that about your friend who decided to pursue it, whether the one in cosmetology or the one that's an actress, you think about some of the people who have made and shaped some recent things like Ava um, Duvernay. Duvernay, yes. Her latest when she did the um, one about the, oh my gosh, the Exonerated Five um, on Netflix. And she didn't start directing until she was 42. Oh my gosh. I, I'm telling you, it just seems like when it comes to professional careers or owning your own business, we feel so rushed and we feel like we're not doing enough. Right, and that's why I love that you, one of the the topics that you're very um, passionate about, and one that your ex expertise in, is focusing on creating that balance. And that balance will also give you that peace that you need to pursue things at a pace that is realistic, mm -hmm. right? Yes, realistic in a sense where you're not going to put too much pressure on yourself to feel like you're not doing enough. You're not going to compare yourself in a harmful way mm -hmm. with others. All of that is so very important. Jasmine, you're all up and down my street. 
So <laughs> I, my journey here to from Kentucky to North Carolina, um, and you say the stress or the pressure or whatnot. So I, I kind of loosely coined myself as a beach bum. So I'm in the, I have this beach bum mentality now and I love it. I love it. I've always been, um, like I was telling you when we were preparing for this, um, I've not always been one for time as far as being anal with time. That was something that I intentionally began to work on and improve on. But um, I've always wanted to do things right, even though Lord knows I'm nowhere near perfect at all, like at all. I've done a lot of things wrong. But um, when it matters, especially when it comes to career, um, I've always like I want to do it the right. I want to do things the right way. You know, I want to do things the right way when it came to parenting or being married and all this stuff. And it didn't work like being so uptight and trying to do things right. It seems like the tighter you hold on to it, the more for sure it's like going to fall apart. You know, but when you just relax and let things go, they come and they go and you and you're um, you're content with whichever way that is going. If it's coming, you're cool. And if it's going, you're cool. It's because we're just you know, we're okay with the way life is flowing. Anyway, say all that to say after divorce and after, you know, just what I felt like was failure in various areas of life. And I thought, I just, I need some space. I need to rewrite this story. I need a clean slate. I need to step away and do something else for a minute or be somewhere else for a minute or whatever. And after I began to pray about where God would have me, and um, I was led here. This was where my yes was. Um, but I remember, and even now today, people say, what are you doing? Are you working yet? Are you doing the business yet? What are you doing? That's all I've ever done is worked. I've worked since I was 14 years old because my mom was a single parent. We were on welfare. We lived in the not so great part of town on food stamps, Section 8, all that, you know, and on top of the assistance and her trying to, you know, work, she was at bingo <laughs> trying to make a little extra money because we just didn't have it. Um, my dad wasn't around and all that stuff. And so I had to help, you know, and it wasn't that I paid any bills, but anything that I wanted, I needed to get it myself because that was going to add an additional hardship on my mom. And so I was working at 14 and ironically enough, first job was a daycare center. So maybe it was already kind of Oh my ending. God, my too. Really? <laughs> Yay! I started when I was 14 at a daycare center. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Keep going, keep going. That, that's awesome. <laughs> well, um, but saying all that, uh, I've worked, that's all I've ever known to do is to work. I've always seen my mother hustling and working. And even as a wife, I, I couldn't enjoy just being a wife. I had to be working, trying to build this dream and trying to, I know what we can do to, to attain success, you know? And so day and night I, I was working. And so I finally got to a point to where I was broke down and I did not have the mental capacity to work. It was a, um, I'm tired mentally, emotionally. I am tired. All I know to do is to hustle and work and make it happen. And at some point I lost me in the midst of trying to gain a dollar or trying to fit this thing that people said equated success. And so anyway, when I came here, I said, I'm putting some money to the side sustain myself um, over the next year or so. God is going to provide where he guides. He always provides. And I'm not going to stress about a job. I'm not going to stress about building or, or reestablishing this business in this new place. 
I am going to be a beach bum. I am going to do nothing. I'm going to enjoy doing nothing. I'm going to go to networking events and I'm going to go to dinners and brunch and have appetizers with new friends I might meet. I'm going to enjoy the kids. We're going to sightsee. We're going to be tourists in our new town. We are going to enjoy this every minute. I'm not going to be stressed. And so people call all the time from back home and they say, what are you going to do? How are you paying your bills? You're not working yet? When are you going to start working? Are you running your business? Do you have a client yet? You know, and it was it was all this because people are conditioned to think we're supposed to be busy working all the time. And if you're not working, you have no value or you're not bringing to the table what you should be bringing to the table. They have no idea what it is to have that concept of taking a sabbatical, taking a break. It's so important. Even God took a break on the Sabbath. He rested. We don't know how to rest. And there's shame involved in seeing someone take a rest. You know, it's like a, she's lazy. She's this. Why is she not doing that? You know? And I said, you know what? I don't care what you think. I don't care what you're wondering. I don't care what your impression of that is. I'm not going to do a thing. And I'm going to love that every, because at the end of the day, you see all the time, different things on, on um, social media that talk about when a person comes to the end of their life and they're on their deathbed or whatever, they're not thinking, dang, I wish I could have earned just one extra, you know, one more dollar. They're thinking of all the things they should have done with the time they had, because you don't know when that time's going to run out. And so when you're talking about the stress and pressures of success, I said, I'm not going to be stressed and pressured about success because success for me is peace. And success for me is being able to just sleep through the night and not be pressed about a thing. And for that, I can say God has given me that level of success. Mm. I mean, you drop so much. (laughs) That was just the truth. (laughs) I mean, everything. I mean, it touched me deeply because I, um, I too grew up in a uh, apartment in Jamaica, Queens. I had a single parent who worked nights. Um, and then she wound up being diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 14 and she could not work. And all I can think about, I can't tell you a time in my life where I wasn't stressed about making money for necessities. We're not talking about to own a Tesla. <laughs> So here I am at 13, 14, looking to work, you know, in New York City, you can go get jobs like that. Then at 16, I was able to get a job as a dental assistant and I started working. I worked like that because I did dental assisting in high school and I've been working ever since. And it's always when you come from a background, especially a disadvantaged background, and particularly I feel like this mindset sometimes affects people of Mm -hmm. color even more Mm -hmm. so. You're so used to people struggling. My mom, my mom struggled. Her mother struggled. And that's all you see. And that constant work, 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 and no pause mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Then we then we wondering why, well, why is it that our fit our uh we have a boatload of family members who are dealing with high blood pressure, diabetes, not just the food we're eating, but just the stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. Impacting the health. Absolutely. And it wasn't until my personal development journey that I found a coach that gave me the permission to pause. Her name is Nikita Thigpen. Shout out to her. Yay! And I was like, for real? 
Yeah. Like I can seriously turn off my email and like not respond for four to six weeks. Yes. This woman takes a two month, like almost a two month break. Yes. No social media, no email, nothing. Yes. And she's thriving. Yes. Personally and professionally. Why do we put so much weight on us to be like this? Who's dictating that? Well, two things, because one, it all matters when it comes to priorities. What I mean by that is we have to first get to a level, get to the point of identifying what is success for you and what is success for the next person, because that's going to look different, obviously, from person to person. And once we establish what's really important, then we can say, so for instance, for some people, they need that Tesla they need to live in a certain zip code. They need to have certain, you know, bags on their shoulders and clothes on their back. And because of that, that does create um, the stress and pressure of having to keep up that lifestyle. You've got to work and hustle to make that money to keep paying for that. But if you can get to the point of saying, I'm okay in a two bedroom townhouse, and I'm okay if I'm driving a Honda Accord, nothing against Honda, <laughs> but I'm okay if it's not a Tesla. I'm okay if I don't have a name brand, you know, on my on my back or a purse on my shoulder. If you can get to the point of being um, of being uh, or, or valuing minimalism and understanding that it's not about all that stuff. And in fact, I'd rather have less like I, too much is it gives me anxiety like, you know, but if you can get to that, then your lifestyle is more affordable immediately. And if you can afford simple, if all you need is simple things, then simple things don't cost much. You can go to Walmart and be a greeter and and sustain yourself on simple things. It's when you need the Tesla or whatever is when you need to go out there and work and stress and miss out on time with your family. But all that being said, so one is that, you know, that reduces your need for work a lot when we can reduce the stuff that we need and the light type, the type of lifestyle we're living. And so, but two is in particularly in um, the people of color's community, our community, um, sometimes a break isn't optional because even with trying to get down to the bare basics, they have to struggle. We have had a struggle. Parents have had a struggle even to attain the bare basics just to keep the lights on. Like you say, not luxuries, just needing to, in, and take, so to take a, um, a sabbatical wasn't an option because who's going to pay the electric bill if we take a break? But now we have different opportunities afforded to us where we can take a break. They couldn't do that then, but we can now. And so we're going to, we're setting some new things and we're creating some new habits. And so it's all about wellness, mental wellness, personal wellness. It all matters. And it all ties into the money thing. You know, there's a um, phenomenon going on now called fire. Um, And so fire is, Financially independent, retiring early, fire, financially independent, retiring early. There are a lot of social um, and online communities that are based around this particular concept. There are a lot of people that are millennials who are already retiring. There are people that are in their 20s, their 30s or 40s who are saying, who said you have to be in your 60s, 65, 67, 68 to retire? No, we value life. We value being able to travel. We value being able to have experiences. We don't value stuff like people used to value stuff. And so there is a whole community of people who are saying, we're going to simplify our lives. We're going to figure out what really matters. We're going to work hard for a few years, 
to pay for that stuff, pay out, pay off some debt. And then we are retiring, retiring at 25, retiring at 30, retiring at 35 so that they can enjoy what really matters in life. Because really, it, you know, who knows who said we're going to make it to 65? And I pray that we do. But it's not about acquiring all these things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there was a book that I just recently read called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And I finished it and I was actually very surprised on how impactful it was because of how it was written. And it was actually expressing a lady who lives from Australia. Her name is Bronnie Ware. And it was about her going into end of life care unexpectedly. She was a nomad. She was someone like a minimalist that helped people out and didn't and didn't have like the burden of debt and stuff. So she happened to walk into end of life care because someone needed assistance and wind up figuring out that she had a gift in understanding people and helping mm-hmm. them. And what they shared was exactly what you what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying. When they were there and they were losing their faculties or they were there knowing that they only had a short period of time left, their main top things I would say that really stood out was wanting to spend more quality time with their family, Mm -hmm. not caring about what other people thought and doing truly what their purpose was in life, what they were created for um, and having regrets in regard to not doing that. Mm-hmm. And and being steered by other people's thoughts of what your life should be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very powerful. And I think, you know, I think we're in a really great time now because I, I feel that um, mindfulness and mental wellness is more at the forefront. It's being more discussed. We still have yeah. the stigma associated with it, but there are so many more communities out there that are willing to support you yes. through that. I like it because on my, so I I got a Facebook page when I moved to North Carolina, just so that I can stay up with what's going on around town. People said, you need to get a Facebook page. I was trying to stay away from that. But, but in doing so, my friends are making it so normalized to take care of their mental health. And I'm seeing so many of my friends, males and females, um, particularly people of color and, and others as well. But I love there was a stigma, especially in the black community, um, that we didn't need mental health um, assistance. We didn't need to go to therapy. You know, we're not crazy, you know, whatnot. So um, I highlight our community in particular, but everyone. I love it that I have friends that are posting pictures, selfies in the car. I just can't, or they're doing videos. I just came back from my therapy session. I love my therapy session. You know, this is a smile I wear after I've had therapy, you know, and so on and so forth. And I love that because I had mental illness issues, you know, um, and a diagnosis or whatnot. And, um, and so it's important to me. It's important for my children. And I always look for it, um, like it's Margarita Monday with an old girlfriend, you know, I enjoy it. Now I've weaned myself off of that. And I literally will get a girlfriend and do a Margarita Monday if I need to, or whatever. I have other ways to, to, to help myself now. But back then when I embarked on the journey, it was so important. And so it was something that I didn't mind telling people that I was doing. I was, you know, this is my day and I'm going to see, you know, whoever my, my person was. Um, but I'm so glad to see that people are making that a trend now. And that because in one way or another, I feel like we all are victims of some sort of trauma, whether they whether we realize it or not. And I feel like social media helps 
um, can be helpful and informative in some ways um, and giving us ways we can heal. And in other ways, I feel that social media can be one that kind of helps to um, add to the trauma sometimes, adding to people um, comparing themselves to others and feeling like they're not enough because they see what others are supposedly doing with their lives. We don't know if that's the truth about their lives or not. Um, and so on one end, social social media can be the one that's perpetuating the trauma. In other ways, we find, like you said, communities where it's helping to heal the trauma. And so all that being said, I'm just glad to see that we are um, valuing mental health um, and, and ways to treat it so much more today than we have seen in previous years. Absolutely. Um, I went into entrepreneurship because I was in a toxic work environment and wind up getting completely burnt out, very ill from stress. And what helped me really start digging past those layers was therapy. Yes. And sometimes that also means getting on medication, Mm -hmm. right? And seeking help from a a licensed professional Mm -hmm. that can help balance things out for your brain. Mm -hmm. And I love that you shared what you shared and I will tell the listeners today that I couldn't be where I am and in the place that I am really stepping into who I am and being at a place of peace unless I was doing that work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, statistics just show that a lot of us, regardless of where our background is from or our ethnic background, have dealt with some sort of trauma. Absolutely. I believe that. It doesn't even matter if you're educated mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And we're walking around in a state where we haven't dealt with that. We've ignored it. We've packed on on our plate a whole bunch of stuff to keep us busy and looking good, right? And never taking care of that person, that foundation of, of what makes us who we are. So I absolutely love everything you share because it's so true and it's so needed. And for the listeners who are interested in entrepreneurship, or have entrepreneurial desires, or you just want to hold down that nine to five and just find some sort of happiness mm-hmm. or centeredness. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can contact Tiffany. We're going to give you where you can contact her, mm-hmm. but it's essential. I mean, there's there's no there's no getting around it. Absolutely. And that's what led me into doing what I do, because one of the most important things that I do beyond the <clears throat> business development and professional development is the personal development and the accountability partner piece of that. Because what I found that I, what I took away most from my therapy sessions was just that I had someone to just listen to me. It really didn't matter about the element OP, the alphabet soup that was behind her name. It was just that I had a safe place to go and dump and that I knew that it wasn't going to go further than that room that we discussed it in. And so when it comes to steps that you take to um, to go into entrepreneurship and to be successful in that, that is a tough arena to go into sometimes if you're not experienced in it. And so when you're trying to and, and so that that's a whole project in itself. And then beyond being an entrepreneur, sometimes people's transition into that is they're still holding down the nine to five as they are transitioning into entrepreneurship. And then in addition to that, they have family responsibilities, whether they're a parent or they are a spouse or they are in in this generation taking care of a parent 
um, who's in the household and still being a parent and still being a spouse and having the nine to five and trying to do this entrepreneurship thing. It gets like it, it, it can become a zoo easy for someone's life. And so I say all that to say all the things we have. To, we're talking about holisticness, you know, whole, you know, and we're talking about being the holistic person and we're talking about um, all that. So there are so many parts to our lives. And so with that being said, we need accountability sometimes to help us with um, with with trying to make sure that we're checking off the boxes, that we are trying to do what we say we're going to do because there's so many things to do. And so my very favorite thing beyond helping someone develop their business, my favorite thing is just being their accountability partner. Sometimes people just want to know that you care because what happens is, and I know I can say for me, um, and you can probably say for you being an entrepreneur that um, sometimes because you don't really answer to anybody, you can say, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Today, I don't feel like it. And a part of that, that's OK. Like when we're talking about mental health and we don't push push ourselves beyond our limits for the day. That's cool. But when you have too many days of eh, I'll do it tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes or eh, I'll do it next week. And we put these things off. Um, eventually, we don't. We don't um, achieve our goals. And then there comes anxiety and frustration and depression because we're like, man, I said I want to do that. I'm not I'm not anywhere near where I said I wanted to be. But if you had that accountability partner there to say, hey, last week we met on Monday and you said you were going to make this phone call. You were going to turn in that application. You was going to go and investigate this. You were going to go do that. Did you do any of that? When you know you have someone that's going to be. wanting to know what your progress is and they're waiting on you, that makes all the difference. It's just like if you were to register for a gym membership and you have a workout partner, you know, for you on your own, you may think, I'm not going to go today. I'm tired or I don't want to get up. It's too early or I'll do it tomorrow. My legs hurt. But if you have a partner that's going to meet you there every day at the gym at 5 a.m., you don't want to let them down. So even on the days where you don't feel like peeling yourself out of the bed, you know that your partner is there waiting at the gym. And so you're like, oh, crap there. You got to get up and you're going to go. You're going to push because you know you have someone that is expecting that you're going to show up. And so that's my very favorite piece of it all is we talk about personal and professional development, but none of that matters if you don't have an accountability partner to help you really attack those goals one by one. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. They do. All right. So here's my last question to you. Um, What advice would you give yourself at the beginning stages of you being an entrepreneur? Two things. Um, I would say consistency and, you know, not giving up, remaining consistent. And that means um, because the path, though we might start off with this idea and we think, oh, it's just going to take this amount of time to do that. This is easy. I can do that. So-and-so did that. Or I've read online. It doesn't always work that way, you know. And sometimes the idea that we start with, um, we've got to be flexible and and, and, and um, be willing to just kind of go with it, be, be, you know, be willing to bend. Because the idea we may start with, when you test the market, the market may not respond the way you thought they were going to. And really, that target market needs something else, or you might need to tweak what you say you're going to offer, or the timing just may not work like you thought it was going to work. You thought you can do this in six months. It may take a year, you know, or whatever. So just being consistent, regardless, if it's not coming along like you thought, just stay at it and remain consistent. And two, I say, give yourself grace. 
And that is the most important one because it's so easy to have um, those anxious feelings, those frustrations, being upset, comparing yourselves to others, seeing that they seem to be, they seemingly are further along on their journey. And it's like, why am I not where they are yet? I've been working just as much as they have, how they get there quicker. I've been doing this longer and haven't gotten there. And then they came in in two months and they're there, you know. Um, and so sometimes we we shoot for something and we fall short of that goal or we, you know, or whatever the case is, but give yourself grace. And just know that if you just keep at it, like the little engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, you will get there in all things in God's time, you know, in the time that's been appointed for you in your journey, you will get there, but you're not going to get anywhere fast if you're not consistent, if you don't show up for yourself daily. So show up every day, but have grace when, even though you gave your best, it's not coming along like you want it to, because just know that you are giving your best and you're going to get a harvest for those seeds you're planting in its due time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Please tell the listeners where they can find you, how they can um, contact you. Um, so my website is due to be slightly updated, um, but the website is organized energy.co. That's not.com it's dot co. And then next the, um, the uh, Instagram is organized energy. Um, and if you're on LinkedIn, I am Tiffany Williams, CLC, that certified life coach. So Tiffany Williams, CLC on LinkedIn, organized energy on um, on Instagram and Facebook and organized energy.co online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like every single person I have is so awesome. I want you back at some point. Oh, <laughs> you are awesome. To share. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. You really have shared some very insightful information that I think will help improve anyone, including myself. These are such great reminders for us today. You are awesome. So we we need to do coffee because we need to flip this table because I really have like, as I'm talking, because I really love to listen. I talk a lot. But I love to listen and I love to meet new people. So I love networking and all that stuff. So really, as we're talking, I had like a ton of questions <laughs> that I wanted to be asking you. <laughs> I want to learn more about you and all your adventures because I see you're doing some great, great things. So we got to have coffee or something so that we can. I want to know more about what you got going on. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Yay. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.